listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. This is your host, Tim Link. I'm so pleased to be with you today. Thanks for joining us. My guest today is a senior writer for National Geographic magazine and author of a new book, Unlikely Friendships, is Jennifer Holland. And Jennifer will be talking to us uh, a little bit about the book that's been released, talk to us about the stories in it. If you're not familiar with the book, you will be after this interview. The Unlike Friends, great book, great pictures. It really chronicles 47 remarkable stories from the animal kingdom where unlikely animals become the best of friends. So it's a great book, and we'll talk to Jennifer here in just a moment. But first, I always like to leave you with a helpful tip, a little article, something I read that I think was interesting. And it is summertime. We're right in the mix, and it's been very, very hot uh, in my neck of the woods. I'm sure it has been in yours as well. So it's always important to remember those summertime tips for our furry friends. So uh, I found some great tips uh, to keep your pets safe this summer from the uh, Humane Society, humanesociety.org. And let me go through a few that I thought were highlighted. Just a lot of them are common sense type things, but I think we get in a rush a lot of times as human beings, and we tend to forget what we need to do for our furry friends when they're traveling with us or when they're outside. So here's a few of those tips that I think are interesting. Of course, never leave your pet unattended in a car on a warm or sunny day, even if it's lukewarm, even if you have the windows rolled all the way down. Those uh, temperatures can go up to above 100 degrees or more in the cars. So never leave them in the automobiles. It's not a very safe thing to do for your pet physically or uh, for them in general, we don't want anything to happen to them or be taken away. You know, those cars can really heat up quickly can into dangerous temperatures. And so we just want to avoid taking them with us if we're going to have to leave them in the automobiles. Secondly, when taking a dog for a walk on a hot day, plan shorter walks and try to do it during midday or early morning or later at night when the temperatures are not at their peak. And try to avoid longer walks. It's better to take them on uh, smaller, shorter walks. I think it's better in general if you can do that than the longer walks. But uh, definitely in the summertime, you want to avoid uh, the uh, afternoon hours. Look at the morning and later in the evening hours when things get a little bit cooler. And also watch their pads on those hot sidewalks. Hot sidewalks can burn the, the pads of a, a dog's paws. And uh, so try to walk them in the grass or take them to a park if you can. Also, be sure to keep your pets up to date on their vaccinations and preventive medications. Uh, you know, we're at the height of flea and tick season, and those fleas and ticks stay busy in warm weather. And in the summertime, it's prime time for them to come out. And, you know, we also have to be careful of uh, heartworms uh, during the summertime with those mosquitoes as well. So check with your veterinarian. Make sure that you've got them on the, uh, the right preventive medications and plans to keep them healthy during the summertime. Also want to be aware of uh, outdoor gardening supplies, especially we hear a lot about cocoa mulch. Uh, cocoa mulch is obviously has the smell of cocoa. It's brown. It's very pretty to have around the gardens, but it's not safe for the animals if ingested. So uh, try to avoid the cocoa mulch. Go with some other more natural scenery, natural gardening uh, designs and products if you can. Also watch those pesticides and fertilizers. They're full of all kinds of harsh chemicals. So those are just a few little tips for today. There's a whole host of them, and I encourage you to go read up on your summertime health care and plan for your animals. Tips to keep pets safe this summer. You can find out more of this information about the tips to keep your pets safe this summer by visiting my website, Animal Rights site on Pet Life Radio. Go to PetLifeRadio.com. Click on the Animal Rights icon, and we'll have the link to the humanesociety.org in this particular article, as well as uh, make sure to read and listen to everything we have on the animal rights site. You will not be disappointed. 
So those are your little tips for today. So we appreciate that. Keep your pets safe and healthy during the summertime. We're going to take a quick commercial break, but we'll come right back with Jennifer Holland. Right after these messages, you're listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Buster, you're telling me my dog food products can't go on your shelves? That's right. Didn't pass one of my Petco certified nutrition checklists. Sorry, Wayne. Who made these checklists? Geniuses. Very smart guys. Well, it's good enough for most grocery stores. Do you see cheese puffs on my shelves? Mayonnaise? Soda pop? No. That's because I ain't running no grocery store, Wayne. Your pets will get better nutrition, I guarantee it. Petco, where healthy pets go. Enter the code LUCKY10, L-U-C-K-Y, the number 10, and get 10% off any order. No minimum at Petco.com. like your business to reach out and invite in our audience. We have a brand new trademark concept called Info Seeds. Info Seeds are short 20-second seeds of information about your place of business, practice, or service is the best, most cost-effective way to invite us in. We only have a limited number of slots left. For more information, visit the website. PetLifeRadio.com Click on Sponsorship Information. There you can listen to a sample of Info Seed. Remember, only a limited number of opportunities are Available. Ladies and gentlemen, Pet Life Radio proudly presents DSPN, the Dog Sports and Performance Network. Get ready to unleash the dog sports enthusiast in all of us. From ski touring and mushing to racing, agility, and competition, this is the place to learn all about the dog sports and activities that you can do with your furry best friend and canine competitor. So get ready for game time. DSPN with your host, Lori Williams, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back. Welcome back to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. This is your host, Tim Link. So glad you could join us today. Joining me now is a senior writer for National Geographic Magazine and the author of a new book called Unlikely Friendships, Seven Remarkable Stories for the Animal Kingdom. Jennifer Holland is with us today. Jennifer, welcome to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Thank you. It's great to be here. Uh, We're so pleased to have you here, and congratulations on the book. Thank you. It's a great piece, and I love these warm, heartfelt stories. And uh, as the listeners, when you go to pick up your own copy of the book, there's beautiful, beautiful pictures in here. Just fantastic. Thank you. It really came together nicely. I'm very pleased with it. Yeah, it definitely should be. Um, Tell us a little bit, uh, just give us an overview on the book and how would you come about writing this particular book? Sure. Well, it's 47 stories, all of them true, all of them well-researched about different species getting together, usually in sort of unexpected situations, unexpected contexts that bring the animals together. And it came about actually for a lot of reasons. One, I think it was just a really good time to to find a subject that is very hopeful. I think there's just so much negative stuff going on in the world. And I think people really are seeking out things that make them feel good. And, and just the popularity of these types of stories on the internet, it was clear to me that this would be a great sort of something to bring together. You know, one, if one is good, then 47 is even better. <laughs> exactly. So, um, yeah. So it, it, uh, it was partially out of that. And, and it also was just 
for me as a writer, normally for National Geographic, I'm writing about, you know, from a more sort of biological evolutionary perspective. And this was a little bit more relaxed. It was kind of a fun approach to, to animal relationships. So it was just a lot of fun for me. It is, and I think you touched upon some uh, wonderful underlying points. You know, when people may uh, first pick up the book, they'll see the beautiful pictures, as I mentioned, and the wonderful friendships between the animals you wouldn't think would be best of friends. But also uh, those underlying points that you just mentioned, things we can learn from our animals, uh, the way to love one another unconditionally, and uh, how you can build those lifetime relationships uh, out of the uh, most unique situations. Exactly, exactly. Now, you had mentioned there's 47 stories in this particular book. How did you go about uh, choosing the stories? Because I imagine there's a lot more than 47 of them out there. (laughs) There are. I think there's enough for several more volumes of this at least. But um, I just was really, I was pursuing probably as many as 90 to 100 different stories that I had either found something on the web or somebody had sent me a photograph or I had, um, I had put out the word to zoos and contacts that I have through National Geographic looking for these types of stories. And they, they really sort of came pouring in from all different sides. And so I, I was tracking down the, the sources of the stories. I wanted to make sure to speak with the owner of the animal or the wildlife director, someone who had hands-on experience um, in each case. And then we also needed to be able to get a photograph that would go in the book. So those were sort of the factors that we were looking at to what to include. And we ended up with 47 by the time uh, the, the printing closed. And we can look forward to future books. I'm hearing that already. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I'm thinking about it for sure. There's so many great ones that aren't in here that I would love to write up. So we're looking into it. Absolutely. Well, good. Keep us posted on that. I noticed on page 77 of the book, uh, you have a wonderful uh, story here about the lion, the tiger, and the bear. And uh, oh my, but uh, you know, it's uh, Locust Grove, uh, Georgia, Noah's Ark Animal Rehabilitation Center. Now I've had an opportunity uh, to visit them and visit with some of the animals. So I've seen this group get along extremely well together. Yeah. These particular uh, stories that you put together, how many of them did you get to visit personally or did you get that opportunity to do that? I didn't actually do a lot of traveling for this. It was Most of it was done kind of from a sitting position uh, on the phone, on the internet, just trying to, to track down the sources. So in uh, this was my first book. I've done a lot of articles, but this was the first book, so I was kind of on a budget. <laughs> so um, so I, I'm hoping that for other volumes or anything like this that I do in the future, I, I do hope that I'll be able to, to get a little bit more of a personal, up-close you know, view of, of the situation myself. Yeah, because it is more remarkable to see. I mean, I know the first time I visited Noah's Ark, and uh, just to see, you, you just can't imagine it. You sit there in awe how well this this lion, and you've got a Bengal tiger, and you've got a, a black bear, all in the same habitat, sharing the same yeah. space, the same sleeping quarters. I mean, and they get along incredibly well. Yeah, just the idea of these huge, you know, carnivores playing together and, and acting sort of like brothers, really. It's just, there's something really special about that story, I think. Exactly. And, and I think the amazing thing about some of the stories you put, you put together in here is, you know, these are not all, uh, you know, animals that were born into captivity. They weren't, you know, all of them that were uh, even raised together from small animals. You know, some of them have just put into situations. They're from sanctuaries. They're, they're in zoos. They're trying to find room to, to place these animals. And they just form this fantastic uh, relationship of healing and love. That's right. And and it does really point to, I think, the importance of, you know, all of the animal rescue work and animal welfare work because these animals clearly are in need of companionship and in need of help. And, and the fact that they can be brought together and 
brought back to good health and, and, you know, live their lives or be released or whatever happens to them is, is just really a testament to, uh, to human intervention in, in certain cases. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I had to put you on the spot. I always do. you got 47 stories, and I know it's hard to whittle them all down, but do you have a favorite that sticks out? Oh, gosh. You know, every day it changes. I think, you know, I, I like many for different reasons. One of my favorites, I think, is the iguana and the cat, specifically because the iguanas are, are not particularly cute and cuddly animals, and you don't really expect to see them cuddling up with a mammal. And so to see a, a cat, you know, lying there licking the iguana, playing with its tail, they share the same food bowl, and the iguana almost appears to be really enjoying the whole situation. And, and so I just got a real kick out of that story just for that reason. But some of the others really have, you know, more of a concert message. There's really more backstory to them, and, and uh, I hope people will read the book and get all of those as well. Yeah, and, and I think that's the key, and you touched upon it briefly just a moment ago, the fact that not only they, they warm, heartfelt stories, but they do have those underlying messages of, of relationships but, that we can learn as humans. But also, you know, as you said, they're, they're, a lot of them are in sanctuaries and zoos being taken care of. Maybe they can't be released out. And um, I want to make sure people are aware of the great work that these organizations are doing. Right, right, exactly. That's great. Well, we're getting ready to come up on to a commercial break, but everybody stay uh, tuned. We're going to come right back with Jennifer Holland, talk a little bit more about the book, Unlikely Friendships, uh, 47 Remarkable Stories from the Animal Kingdom. And right after we have these messages from our sponsors, you're listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Love your pets but wish their medications were a lot less expensive? They are at 1-800-PET-MEDS. You'll not only save on flea and heartworm medications, but on prescriptions for arthritis, incontinence, thyroid, and more. And you get fast service, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Plus, our licensed pharmacists ensure accuracy, monitor drug interaction, and more. See why over 5 million people have trusted their pet's health to 1-800-PET-MEDS, America's largest pet pharmacy. Call now or order online. Go to PetMeds.com forward slash Lucky, L-U-C-K-Y, to get 10% off any order and free shipping on orders of $39 or more at PetMeds.com. I don't make any decisions about who to hire without going to Angie's List first. You'll find reviews on home repair to health care written by people just like you. With Angie's List, I know who to call and I know the results will be fantastic. Angie's List, who you can trust. Go to Angie'sList.com forward slash rights and get 25% off any subscription. That's Angie'sList.com forward slash rights, W-R-I-T-E-S. How would you like your business to reach out and invite in our audience? We have a brand new trademark concept called InfoSeeds. InfoSeeds are short 20-second seeds of information about your place of business, practice, or service. We only have a limited number of slots left. For more information, visit PetLifeRadio.com. Click on Sponsorship Information. There you can listen to a sample of InfoSeed or email us at PetLifeRadio.com. Remember, only a limited number of opportunities are available. 
everybody. I'm Megan Blake here with my sidekick, Super Smiley. The giant mutt and spokes dog for throwaways. You're listening to Pet Life Radio, and I'd like to tell you about our brand new show, A Super Smiley Adventure. Our show explores adventures with animals. They can be traveling, out in the world trips, or inner journeys where our animals lead us to inspiration and self-discovery, or just plain fun adventures. Join us here on Pet Life Radio on A Super Smiley Adventure. Good boy. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back. Welcome back to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. We're here with uh, Jennifer Holland talking to her about her uh, new book, Unlikely Friendships. Now, Jennifer, uh, make sure everybody's aware you are a science writer for National Geographic Magazine. That's um, now, some of the stories um, that I know you mentioned in the book, in, in your uh, bio, uh, when we were talking about the book, said some of the stories may be explained by scientific explanations, but others are more unexpected. Can you elaborate on that a little bit more? Maybe some of them that are a little bit more unexpected? Sure. Well, I think the important thing is that, you know, there there certainly are cases in which one animal is maybe abandoned or loses its parents for some reason, and it's really sort of seeking a parental relationship, or there may be an animal that has lost its babies or that has recently given birth and so is kind of in a maternal sort of role. And when these animals come together, it's it's a little less surprising perhaps that, you know, maybe a, a dog would nurse a squirrel or something like that when, when the dog has recently given birth to her own pups. But then you have stories in the wild occasionally, and probably much more often than we know, where a, a predator will take in uh, one of its prey animals, and instead of killing it, will um, will treat it in some ways like its own offspring. And and some of those, I'm sure, end badly. But um, but there are a couple of stories in the book where we really we don't see any sort of aggression toward the animal um, by the predator, and it's really just fascinating. And you just wonder. What was going on there with those animals, and why did that, you know, why did that relationship take place? Just raises a lot of mysteries. It's really interesting. Absolutely, and you know, I think it, it lends to the fact that each animal is unique. You know, they all have their own personalities, just like humans do. And uh, though, as a uh, species, they may act a certain way, and that can be explained scientifically. But uh, the other ones, you you can't explain. And I think it does lend to the fact that they're they're all unique. They all have their own personalities. Right, and that they really do have emotions, you know, that, that are very similar in many ways to, to what we have, and they may experience them differently, but certainly there is a correlation there. Absolutely. Now, if you had to pick a lesson that you've learned or some lessons that you've learned from um, putting together the stories for Unlikely Friendship, what, what would they be? I think a, a big lesson is perhaps an obvious one, but just that, you know, here you have these animals that really have no reason to connect with one another in some cases that seem to overlook their differences and and just put aside, you know, some sort of expected behaviors and instead treat one another with care. And I think that's that's a big lesson for humans, of course. You know, we, we should be more accepting of one another and just treat each other right. And also I think it it can help us to look at how we treat animals and, and to see them in these these contexts where they're really showing emotion and showing gentle behavior and caring toward one another, we need to treat animals 
with the same respect that they're treating each other in this book. Yeah, very good lesson. I think it's a good takeaway there. As we mentioned before, there's a lot of good takeaways from the book. And uh, when you first pick it up, you think, oh, it's just going to be it's really lovely, nice, uh, warm book. But there's those underlying messages that sort of get you to think, uh, you know, we really should be uh, learning from the animals every day. Right, right. I agree. Now you've written uh, written and published many articles for uh, for National Geographic and I'm assuming other places as well. How's that process of writing the articles and the essays different from um, the process of writing and putting together a book to be published? Well, that's a good question. It, you know, the the magazine articles they sort of have a, a beginning and an end that comes up a little more quickly. You you sort of have to um, you know be newsy and you're sort of turning something around relatively quickly, although National Geographic is, um, has a longer lead time than most magazines. But for the book, it was you know, kind of a longer process. I was able to really dive in to this, this subject and to really to find these people and to really get their stories and be given the space to, to kind of spread out and, and tell this many stories in one place. And just a whole different experience with different editors. And, and it was a lot of fun. It was a great experience just to, to kind of do something different. And I, I, again, I hope to do something something similar in the future. I really enjoyed the experience. Yeah, absolutely. If you don't mind me asking, what, what was the length of time from the concept to actually having the book in your hand? I think it was about less than a year, a year and a half. It was about a year and a quarter, I think, or so, between just talking with, with the editors at Workman Publishing and then actually uh, having a book sent to me. So it was... You know, enough time to do the project, but certainly it went very quickly. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That's the thing about writing. I've found about publishing books compared to maybe articles and the fact that, uh, you know, that time frame, it does go by very quick. But before you know it, uh, you know, a year, year and a half, two years have passed. And uh, from the time you actually came up with the concept, uh, got it down, you know, in writing and then actually got it to the publishing process. Yeah. So for the writer, it's definitely a lot quicker. You know, the, the time seems to fly. But for uh, everyone else waiting for your next book, that's <laughs> it seems to drag out a little bit more. At least I find it. Exactly. <laughs> so I'll get on it as soon as I can. <laughs> Excellent. We'll look forward to that. Now, these stories uh, have actually been uh, shared with uh, National Geographic Television. That's correct. They actually were doing kind of their own version of this same concept. And so I can't take credit really for them doing that program. But it's wonderful because there's a great deal of overlap. Um, I think that they, they actually covered some of the same stories that I had found. So it's nice that this is all happening at once. Yeah, absolutely. Was that a timing thing by your uh, publishing house that they knew that the uh, television shows were going to be happening? Or was it just uh, more of a coincidence? I think just serendipity. I think it just kind of worked out. Um, there may have been kind of at the last minute there a push to get the book out around when the show was going to be airing. But I think it just sort of worked out that way. Uh, it's amazing because I did, uh, you know, it's fortunate, obviously, from your publicist to get the book and start to uh, read through it. And I just happened to go downstairs that night and turn on the TV and guess what? <laughs> so I thought, boy, these guys are good. <laughs> yeah, that would have been hard to actually arrange, I think. It only could happen by mistake. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think so. So yeah, everybody can check out the, some of the stories on there as well. It's uh, They've been fascinating. Uh, they just been really great. So uh, Jennifer, tell us, uh, do you have a website or someone where we can direct people to to uh, learn more about the book as well as uh, learn more about what you're up to elsewhere? Right now, the book has a Facebook page, so you can look for Unlikely Friendships on Facebook. We don't have a, a website yet for the book itself, but I think um, I'm going to be working on that shortly. It seems to, to warrant that. And and then on National Geographic's website, you can find more information about me as a staff writer there. 
but the book itself really needs its own website, so I'm going to get on that, I promise. Yeah, good, good. Well, let us know when you get that done, and we'll make sure we share it with everyone here that's listening. But in the meantime, we'll make sure we direct everybody to your Facebook page uh, or to the uh, Unlikely Friendships Facebook page so we can uh, have them keep track of what's going on and uh, share their wonderful uh, insights and stories as well. Great. I'd love that. Well, uh, Jennifer, I want to thank you for uh, coming on to the show today on Animal Rights and Pet Life Radio. Uh, Everybody go take a look at the book and purchase the book. It's called Unlikely Friendships by Jennifer Holland. 47 Remarkable Stories from the Animal Kingdom. It's just a a fabulous book. And uh, congratulations once again for, uh, for putting it out there. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. All right. Wonderful. We'll look forward to talking to you again soon. Okay, take care. So we're uh, coming up to the end of the show today. I want to thank everyone for listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. I'd like to also thank, once again, uh, Jennifer Holland uh, for coming on board and sharing with us her book, Unlikely Friendships. Uh, Thanks for being on the show today. Thanks to our sponsors and producers for making this show possible. We really do appreciate it. To find out more about me, Tim Link, and other guests that I've interviewed on the Animal Rights Show and the stories in my blog on Pet Life Radio, you can always go to PetLifeRadio.com, click on the Animal Rights icon, listen and download the radio shows as well as read the blogs. And while you're there, be sure to check out all the other hosts and shows on Pet Life Radio. Fabulous shows. There's just a whole plethora of opportunities uh, to learn more about animals and hear the shows and read the blogs. So if you have any questions, comments, or ideas for the show, please email me. You can email me at tim at petliferadio.com. It's tim at petliferadio.com, and I'll do my very best to answer your questions, uh, entertain your comments, and uh, take your show ideas and who you want to see on the shows. Try to do my very best to get them on board. So email me at tim at petliferadio.com. So until next time, write a great story about the animals in your life. Share it in a blog, article, or in a book. And who knows, you may be the next guest on Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Have a great day. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.